Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friends. If you know me at all, you know I live for a good success story, and today is definitely one of those. What I love about my guest today is that she shares her real life and real struggles from sitting in her life pre-pandemic, dealing with a breakup, weight gain, overspending, uh, overspending probably to soothe a broken heart, as we all know all too well, um, to how she used the global pandemic to her advantage. And that is something you don't hear too often. Most of us were melting down when COVID hit, but she really buckled down and used it to her advantage. You may know Alexa Lowe as a beauty influencer and content creator, but let me tell you, she's so much more than her beauty. And when COVID shut down the world, she was struggling with feeling unattractive, unwanted, overwhelmed, And not only was she overspending, but she also lost her job. This episode gives me all the feels because she's sharing what inspired her to take back control of her life and turn it all around. So let's not waste another second. Miss Alexa, thank you so much for being here and having this conversation with me. Thank you for having me, Angela. And thank you so much for all the kind words. Well, why don't you start with just telling everybody a little bit about you and what you do? Um, Well, I've been on YouTube for all of, what, 13 years now, uh, chronicling just my interest in fashion and in beauty, and then it became a lot more beauty-focused, sort of turned into, um, I guess you could say, like a second income for me um, for several years. And uh, I studied communications in university, so I've always been interested in media and all things communicating my interests with other people and creating a sense of community, and it's been wonderful. I love all of that, and and it's exciting too, right? Because that's not regular job stuff. Like, that's a pretty cool job to have, yeah. So take us back to where you were pre-pandemic, like let everybody know really what was going on for you, what you were dealing with, how you were feeling. Well, it was a really hard time for everyone, of course. Um, And actually, right before the pandemic hit, I went through a breakup. And at the time, I was already struggling with looking for a new job. And I had debt (laughs) and a really bad spending problem as well. And I, I just wasn't confronting it. I think it was easier not to confront because when you're in a relationship, you can very easily focus on another person and their wants and their needs as opposed to your own. It's just really easy to ignore yourself. And that's pretty much what happened. And then, of course, the job hunt didn't get easier over the pandemic because it was just like, what do I do with myself? (laughs) And then on top of it, the breakup. So I just found myself without a job, uh, no relationship, heartbroken, and 40 pounds heavier. And um, I I just kind of buckled down and decided to tackle each area of my life as best as I could. And it worked out for better. 
all of that adversity, like I always feel like when I'm at a pretty low low and it feels like everything is kind of caving in around me, those are always the moments that you know something major is coming next, right? Something really good. Those are the moments of growth. It's like you have to go through all that crazy stuff and feel so bad to really buckle down, learn what you need to learn and get it together at an even higher level. It just makes you stronger. So when you went through your breakup, like, was it expected? Like, did you feel like your relationship was declining and you kind of knew that it was possible that it would end or were you really blindsided? Oh no, I absolutely knew things were going to end. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> leading up to it, it's just not something I wanted to confront until I was ready for it. And of course, um, when when you're the one thinking about breaking up and then you decide to stay, what ends up happening is things just happen to force you out of it if it's not meant to be. I don't know. It depends if you're spiritual or not. But essentially, that that was what happened. And it was sort of like, oh, I can't believe he did it when I wanted to do it. You know, <laughs> Things were getting worse for me. I was making these sacrifices to try to see if I could make things work, even though I knew they weren't probably mostly because we were not on the same trajectory. I, I wanted to fix things about my life that they were not willing to work on on their own. Yeah. I feel like we always kind of know. I mean, like obviously you know when your relationship isn't going great, yeah. but when it when it deteriorates to a point that you're thinking like this really could be ending and wrapping up, like I feel like everybody feels that energy. But I love that you said that too. Like even if you're not willing to take action, like those spiritual beliefs, right? I'm a universe person and like mm -hmm. if I want to avoid <laughs> something and not want to face it head on, right? If it's not the right thing, the universe will remove it from my life, regardless of how much that might hurt me, right? Yeah. If it's not the right thing, it will go away one way or another. And I really appreciate that you said that because that is exactly what happens. Yeah. Essentially, if you just ignore it, it doesn't go away and mm -hmm. it eventually comes back and you have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your first like once the world shut down with COVID, what was your first thought of, like, I could really use this time to start rebuilding these different pieces of my life? Well, I just thought, you know, I don't have a job right now. That's uh, 40 hours a week. What am I going to do with this time? Of course, I was still applying for things, but not many jobs had openings. So I thought, okay, well, I can focus on my YouTube channel, of course. And Actually, things had really declined on YouTube prior to the pandemic, and then they picked up a little bit over the pandemic because a lot of people were at home and willing to watch. But I had all these other things to work on to sort out. I was thinking about tackling my debt and also my weight loss. I, I, I really used that time to focus on getting myself to feel and look better not just for superficial reasons, but because I realized, oh, like it would be better to be healthier given mm -hmm. what's happening in the state of the world. So what did you want to tackle? Which one did you tackle first? Uh, fitness. You I mean, fitness unintentionally. First. I don't know. It, it was almost like subconsciously I felt, oh, fitness is the easier thing to sort out first. Because when you have some I mean, especially leading up to the pandemic and the unsuccessful job search that I had prior, I thought, well, 
I just felt like I had these money blocks in my mindset and I didn't have them in in fitness. So I figured, okay, this is the easiest. I have no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse not to work out 30 to 40 minutes a few times a week and to sort out how I'm eating when I have all this time at home. Yeah. So did you do both at the same time? Like you started exercising and changing your food together? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I cut out a lot of things because, mind you, um, I wasn't earning an income. So it it kind of coincided with budgeting. It was easier to focus on, okay, what are the healthy things that I can buy that are going to help me succeed at my fitness journey? Oh my gosh. I'm so the opposite because I would have been like, <laughs> Oh, like I don't have any money that gives me the excuse to eat like the worst food that I love. Yeah, I would have gone crazy just rationalizing all of the unhealthy stuff because it's the least expensive. Oh, well, not here. I don't know. (laughs) Not here. Yeah, on, I don't know. I don't know how it is in the States, but in Canada, um, for produce, there isn't tax on, um, on produce like fruit and vegetables. So I tried to focus on adding more of that into my diet. Obviously, healthier foods do and can be more expensive. But I, you know, I would shop the, uh, I would shop the promotions because whatever was on promotion was often whatever was in season as well. So it was better quality. And Mm -hmm. I, I learned how to budget. I learned how to really be good at a grocery list and kind of building up an itinerary of seasonal meals that I actually enjoy that are healthy and um, that help me in my fitness journey. Yeah. So did you feel a huge confidence boost as you were implementing the changes? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. And that's just the thing. Like whenever you work on something, whatever aspect of yourself that you feel insecure about, um, whether that be working on your career and trying to advance your career or um, being more social, whatever it is, in fitness, I, I definitely felt like it boosted my confidence a lot because you see the you see the progress after a couple of months. And even if even if I didn't see the progress absolutely right away, I was like, oh, I have become a person who exercises regularly now. I feel better when I go up the stairs. I'm not running out of breath when I walk up the hill to go and do whatever it is that I'm going to go do. So it, uh, and obviously endorphins and all that. <laughs> Exercise has a lot of benefits in that sense. So I know what you mean too in that thought process of like, I'm the person that, you know, because I remember when I was really unhealthy, I would always look at healthy people, exercise people. And I had a little like disdain because I lacked that confidence, right? Like I didn't think I could be one of those people. And then all of a sudden when I started working out and exercising, feeling really good, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm one of those people now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm one of those people that like going to the gym is a priority for me. And like I'm putting it on my calendar and I'm following through whether I want to or not. I'm one of those people. And that was a huge confidence boost for me because it was something that I had always felt 
less than. It was an area of life that I always felt less than. I was always super insecure about not being a disciplined person. Oh my goodness. Putting it in the calendar is, that's the thing. Like I, I'm, um, I wouldn't say I'm a digital cam, um, what am I saying? Digital camera, digital calendar person, but, uh, I always have an agenda every year. And the two things I absolutely track are whether I've worked out or not in the week. And if I've worked on some aspect of whatever content I'm posting, not just writing a posting date, but no, I, I spent an hour planning this or editing or even if it's just 25 minutes, because then I can look back and think, oh, well, you know, I did something because we don't have perfect weeks every week. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't, there are, there are times where I, I don't have enough time to work out a lot, but at least I got in a 10 minute hit workout, for example. Right. How did you keep your motivation up all of that time you were doing all this stuff? I think motivation is, it's a lie. <laughs> There's no, it's not something <laughs> it's you always news. have. It's a, it's fake news. No, exactly. It's not. It comes in yeah. waves. You can't rely on motivation. So no. the only thing that would kind of motivate me is just, I would just tell myself I have to do it. Just do it. Just start. Make a make it a point to choose a time in the day and do it. Don't go back on it because it's a commitment you make to yourself and commitments aren't always going to be sunshine and flowers. Yeah, it's not always easy. Yeah. I always tell myself too, like I'm a little harsh with myself <laughs> because that's how I motivate myself, you know, but like even in like, I'm not a person that coaxes myself gently, you know, like, oh, come on, you can do it. Like that is not my inner talk. My inner talk is like, get over yourself, get your shit together, go do what needs to be done. <laughs> like that's how I get myself going. So for me, like if I have that thought of like, I don't feel like it today, like I don't want to go, I don't feel like it, or it's raining out, like I don't want to get out of the house or I've got too much work to do. Like the next thing I will think is I don't care how you feel, go work out. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. You just go do it. It's the same thing with business, right? Like, because mm-hmm. just like you're talking about content creation, like I'm not always jumping up and down doing cartwheels over recording a podcast or writing a social media post, right? Like I'm not always super jazzed about doing those things, but it's the same thing. It's like, okay, I don't care how you feel about it, Angela. Just go do it. Like it has to be done. Just do it. Get over yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Like I said, motivation is a lie. It comes in waves. It's not an all the time thing. And you've made a commitment to yourself and you have to respect yourself. You need to do it. it. I mean, yeah, it's okay to have an off day, But I think um, you just have to evaluate yourself like that. Um, We all have our ways of speaking to ourselves. And it is hard, I think, when you have become really undisciplined. Mm, It's hard at first, right, to to transition into being more disciplined. It's hard to get yourself to do the things when you've built up the habit of not doing things. You know, that is a very difficult transition to make. Absolutely. How did you do it like with your spending? Like what was your process to start curbing your spending? I didn't have any money in my bank account. (laughs) (laughs) And that helps. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you almost max out your one and only credit card and then you have, I don't know, $50 in checking, you're like, well, (laughs) 
what am I doing? I looked back and I was like, what am I doing? It was weird. I had this big epiphany switch. It was just that one moment. I think you you hit a, a, a bit of a rock bottom, I suppose. And then I was like, no, I can't do that to myself anymore. And that's, it wasn't, it's hard to explain. It wasn't the kind of thing that you would see people talk about when they're talking about motivation and like, oh yeah, you know, I'm so pumped to get out of debt. No, I just felt like I'm 30 plus. What am I doing with myself? <laughs> and that really right. where was where it originated from. Like I was tired of feeling ashamed. I didn't I didn't want to mm. feel ashamed. So that's so when it, big. Yeah, when it came to working out, okay, I I don't want to be ashamed of how I look. I work out more and I feel better. And I don't look perfect. I don't have abs, but I still feel 10 times better than I did before. And I started to become addicted to feeling better. Mm, That's so big because that's absolutely real. Mm -hmm. When you get to that place where you feel proud of yourself and trusting yourself too. Like, did you sense that where you get to a place that you really trust yourself, that you know you will take care of what you need to take care of? Yeah, absolutely. Now, even more than ever. (laughs) Now, because I have built up enough to feel more stable in my life, certainly. Yeah. And it was, this is what I envisioned. And it's funny because like once you become the person that you want to be, you still want to be more. So you continue to grow and, mm-hmm. and yeah, you're all, you're always reaching for more, but in a good way because you cannot stay the same. Yeah, for sure. How is your dating life since your breakup? Like, have you and I feel like this is kind of a weird question, but kind of not because it's not like dating was super easy during the pandemic either for those mm-hmm. of us that are single, you know, like that was not, it's not like you're out going on five first dates a week during a global pandemic, but how have you changed in the sense of dating? Like since going through your breakup and having this personal transformation within yourself, like how will you approach that differently? I've been in a relationship for a year now. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, like I I dabbled in dating apps tour in in 2021ish and then I just I couldn't do it anymore. So I just stayed single for a really long time. <laughs> well, a really long time. What is a really long time between 2022 and <laughs> right. well, up until 2022. What am I talking about? I'm so mixed up with the years. Everything after the <laughs> pandemic is like a blur. <laughs> it's a total blur. I um, agree. Uh, dating was it kind of went on the back burner because obviously uh, I didn't expect everyone to pay for uh, my date, my food, or and dates. Dates cost money. It costs money to go out. It, it's gotten more expensive now than it was before the pandemic, so yeah. it was harder for me to justify that before I became more stable. And um, it just kind of uh, things just kind of fell into place. I met someone. Uh, through a friend, actually. A friend of mine met her boyfriend on Bumble, and then uh, she was like, you know what? He's got a he's got a close friend, so he was vetted for, and, um, and then the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, do you, how do you see yourself different in this relationship than you were in relationships prior to doing all this good work on yourself? It just makes you less codependent 
Honestly, that's mm. the biggest difference is just feeling like, oh, if this doesn't work out, my life isn't going to be ruined because I spent right. all this time focusing on this other person because I'm still constantly focusing on my own goals. And it's nice to have someone on your team, like a cheerleader, mm. supporting each other. <laughs> um, but then also, you know, we live our own individual lives and we have our own goals. Some of them cross over and some of them don't. That's that's the major difference. Yeah. What do you see for you as your next chapter? Um, right now, I'm really focused on staying consistent on YouTube again because I fell off for uh, quite a while. I was on and off. I I think I just um, I just burnt out. <laughs> I yeah. think a lot of creators can relate to that, where you you almost feel like oh my gosh like what am i talking about anymore uh, i don't really see myself in this especially when you've been doing something for a really long time i had i mean i was 21 when i started and i'm 35 now so i don't exactly relate to the kind of content that i was creating before and times have changed as well people have different priorities whether that comes with age or post pandemic all the things <laughs> All the things. Yeah. So what are you, what is your topic now? Like where are you really putting your energy topic wise? I guess I kind of create content for what I wish I could have watched five or 10 years ago. I'd like to inspire younger women who are interested in um, creating sort of like a side income for fun and then also kind of sharing what my struggles have been when I do, I've done videos about compulsive shopping and, you know, not, not trying to keep up with the Joneses for the internet, not getting all of the uh, popular treatments done, whether that's uh, a ton of eyelash extensions or injections and all that, you know, or having to buy the newest and latest bag because at the end of the day, no one cares. No one cares mm -hmm. about that stuff. You know, what's important is, the, the effort you put into yourself. Is that what fueled the shopping for you was really like creating content for your channel? That exacerbated things. I think it's also a bit generational trauma because I watched my mom shop a lot when she was younger and I thought, oh, you know, like it's so fun. We never really thought about the consequences. Like I had, had a young mom and, um, and yeah, we, we weren't, future planning as much as as we are now now my my purchases are a lot more planned and it's it's not just like all clothes and makeup when I don't have money left over to pay bills you know didn't you have a period too where your mom was going through some stuff oh well she is she's going through a chronic illness right now so that was another okay. thing like I was very happy that I sorted out my finances right around when she was diagnosed because it would have been so difficult to deal with impulsive shopping while having all these extra responsibilities. Yeah. It definitely changes you. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. So break up. And then a year later, my mom got diagnosed with a chronic illness. And I just had a lot more on my shoulders. It also is a good motivator too, though. I mean, those sometimes are the kind of things that we need to make us really pay attention and get serious instead of continuing to avoid, you know, yeah. especially when I was young, like I was the master of avoidance, you know, like just pretend it's not happening. <laughs> like, I don't know when it's going to work out, but something will happen. It'll work out somehow, someday, but not ever being proactive about mm -hmm. things. 
And then you have an event and it's like, oh, wow, okay, I can't put this off forever. Like I need to get this handled. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I would I would see other people advancing in their careers or all these life events happening for them. And then I would think, oh, no, like that's not for me right now. Being responsible adulting, mm, not quite. No, I'm I'm just doing my own thing, getting the clothes that I like and taking all the trips that I want to take but not actually stepping back and, you know, your 20s, they flash in front of your eyes. They're gone. It it's doesn't so last. It's so fast. I know. Yeah. It doesn't. It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the decades just get faster as you get older. They just go by faster. Don't scare me. <laughs> well, but it also like, I will say too, I mean, I'm in my 50s and I will say like it continues to get better. You know, like, 20s were really crazy, really fun in a lot of ways, but really hard. You know, like I didn't know myself. I had no true sense of self or who I was or who I wanted to be, how I wanted to be in the world. I had no confidence. You know, of course, I'm recovering alcoholic. So in my 20s, I was drunk, which was a whole other layer of drama and chaos. But (laughs) in my 30s, I really like, I feel like my life really started to come together in my 30s. I got sober in my 30s. So I really started to be my authentic self for the first time, like figuring out who that woman was. And then my 40s was just like, I was so comfortable and so confident and just kind of crushing it and nothing bothered me. Like, yeah, it does. It just gets better and better and better. And I'm just at the beginning of my fifties, but it's been phenomenal. Like really achieving things that I never even knew I was capable of. Yeah. And the bad things have to happen for that to be, uh, (laughs) for that to start to happen as well. Like for you to make the recognitions that, oh, I need to change that. If I change that, and you have no idea it's going to come of it, but eventually things do get better exactly. once you put in the work in yourself. Yeah. And it's so worth it. It's just so worth it to do it. It's kind of scary, I guess, when you're sitting and looking at it at you know ground zero going, oh my gosh, like how do I tackle this? Especially like where you were, right? Because it's not like you were just dealing with one thing. You know, you're dealing with breakup the weight gain, no job, debt, like that's a lot of stuff to be staring in the face. And I know a lot Mm -hmm. of us as alcoholics and addicts, like that's the same situation that we have when we're getting sober. It's like we've made such a mess of things. Like you're sitting at ground zero looking at all the things and going, oh my gosh, like how am I ever going to figure this out? How am I ever going to make this happen? But it's so worth it to just start with something and start making those strides and figure it out. And yeah, I wouldn't change any of it, even the hard parts. Absolutely. And it's, I don't know, it it can be really discouraging when everything is going wrong at the same time. But, and it it would be easy to to say, oh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and fix everything. But then you're setting yourself up for failure as well. So I'm really glad that the pandemic kind of worked in my favor in that sense, because maybe had I gotten a job, I might not have been able to focus on other aspects because a job can be really demanding, especially if you haven't 
worked a lot in a while and then given given the circumstances as well. Yeah, because I know you've talked about that before, yeah. that you really focused on one thing at a time. Like you weren't tackling all the things at one time. You really mm-hmm. focused on one thing at a time. Yeah, I, f- I focused more on the fitness than the job hunt, admittedly, because the pand- pandemic kind of made me think, okay, it's I'm not going to get a right. job tomorrow. Like, let's be realistic here. It's probably not going to happen unless I mm-hmm. go to McDonald's or something and I wasn't willing to do it. So yeah, that that was uh, ultimately worked out in my favor. And now I try to I try to sort of adopt that technique, but I'll look back and evaluate more often. So maybe focus on one aspect for three months and see if I can establish it into my routine before I start introducing new things. And it's got to be bite sizes because if like from one day to another, for instance, I decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to work out an hour every day. That didn't happen. I built up to that. Yeah, you're so right. It does have to be bite-sized. It has to be attainable. It has to make sense. I couldn't be a person that went to the gym five days a week when I wasn't even a person that went to the gym for five minutes. Exactly. You know, like you do have to build up, but you have to start somewhere too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Alexa, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. I love these stories, turning it all around, getting it together, having those breakthrough moments and coming out the other side like a thousand times better. These are my favorite stories. Thank you so much for having me. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.